Good morning and welcome to On Fire Radio, brought to you by Catskill Mountain Christian Center, a full gospel family church and Christian academy located at 629 Main Street in beautiful Margaretville, New York. What a great day to go to church. If you don't have a church, come on over to Catskill Mountain Christian Center. We would love for you to be our guest this morning. That's Catskill Mountain Christian Center this morning at 10 o'clock. If you'd like more information about On Fire Radio or Catskill Mountain Christian Center, give us a call at 845-586-4848. I'm Renard Bartow, and I'd like to invite you to join us for the next 30 minutes as we bring you On Fire Radio. Now let's go to Pastor Bob Engelhart with today's message. So Isaiah 714, and this is Isaiah, they... So there's some controversy, but most people, the consensus is it was written in the 8th century, 8th century B.C. So it's a long time before Jesus actually came. But it says in Isaiah 7 and verse 14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which we know means God with us, Right? So 700 and something years prior to Jesus coming in a manger, um, the Lord is sending a sign to the human race. And the thing about Jesus is you have to remember is that he happened in time. Jesus happened in time. He's not, um, it's not some strange fable that the ancients brought to us or was handed down to us some fable. And if you uh, study the historicity of the Christian message, one of the things that's distinctly different from the Christian message and most fables are the Christian message, you find it, you find it happening in time. Historians study, and it's not something that sort of evolved from this little baby, you know, but, but this material regarding who Jesus Christ is ha- happens, emerges, flashes across the headlines at a particular point in time. It's one of the ways that they know they even have secular historians that were contemporary with Jesus or with the years following Jesus who speak of this new thing that people are believing and, and it's, you know, having a lot of effect on the world and so on and so forth. Okay, so when you think of your faith, you think of a faith that God was speaking about for hundreds and even thousands of years prior to Jesus coming on the scene, God was sending 
prophecies that we could hold on to. So the faith that we have is not a faith that you ever have to be embarrassed about. It's not a faith that's some kind of hokey, mountain, Appalachian religion, you know, that came about as, you know, a bunch of dumb people got together and couldn't explain what they couldn't understand and they made all this stuff up, which is how we're treated by many. You don't have to be afraid to stand for your faith. You don't have to be afraid to stand for Jesus Christ because I'm telling you he's going to vindicate you one day. And you're going to be standing before all of creation. And you know, one of two things is going to be said. Well, and well done, thou good and faithful servant. Now enter into the rest of your Lord, the joy of your Lord, the promise, so all those things. Or who are you again? You're going to stand before Jesus. You're going to church your whole life. He's going to look at you and say, I'm sorry, but I don't know you. So he can't come in with these people. Nancy, I know her. I've known her. She hasn't shut up since she got saved. Probably, maybe I shouldn't have said that. We've been married 44 years. I think she can take it. <laughs> she can take a bullet. <laughs> right? Listen, one of two things is going to be said to you. You know, it's not in between. When you recognize the gospel is not simplistic, the gospel is really kind of sophisticated. Because you have to realize that for thousands of years, God was preparing. He just wasn't going to, Adam and Eve messed up, so he's going to throw down a savior right. and save us all from our sins and make it easy peasy. Right. It's not easy peasy. It took him 4,000 years to gather the information, the characters, the stories, the prophecies, the Psalms, the Proverbs, all of those things, the rejection by really the whole human race until he's fully prepared to send his son because there will be a people on this earth who will receive it and believe it and walk in it. Now we're 2,000 years later and we're like, Jesus, when are you coming? He said, behold, I come quickly. Obviously, he misunderstood the word quickly. <laughs> I don't think it was him that misunderstood. I think it's us who misunderstands many things. Yes. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. How many people know that's impossible? How many people know that that's impossible, that a virgin can conceive and bring forth the son. That's a miracle. That's what we call a miracle. Our scientists can't explain it to us because it's not scientific. It's spiritual. It's prophetic. It's God at work. 
The same God who loves you. Next, the, the next scripture I have is Matthew 121. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. So Jesus got one mission. I know how good you are. I know how you're not really a deep, dark, you know, um, Charles Manson-type sinner. I know you're pretty good as far as people go, but God is not comparing you to people. God is comparing you to his perfect standard, which was broken in Adam, and as we were in Adam, was broken in every single one of us. So this sin pandemic of all of creation is sin. It's in you. It's, how, it's why you get mad at me sometimes when I say stuff that comes from God's word. It's why you get angry at your friend. It's why you don't obey your parents. It's why your heart is always lusting after this and that and the other thing. It's why you'd rather have a Corvette than Jesus. And Corvette's not so bad. But not compared to Jesus. Do I make, am I making sense? He will save his people from their sins. Therefore, there, I have to, now this is what I have to tell you. This is what I've been sent here to tell you. You're a sinner. That's what I came here to tell you. You're a sinner. And if you haven't really deeply considered the fact that there are areas in your heart that go way adrift at times and that you have to go to the Father and repent of those sins and you have to change your way if you believe that you do not have the power to change through the power and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, you don't get it because you do have the power through the blood of Jesus Christ. God has sent a Savior to save his people from their sins. The good news is all you've got to do is confess your sins. And by confessing, it means confessing. You know, um, Charles Finney wrote in a book that I did on him. Um, Charles Finney said, somebody came to him and said, do I have to confess my sins individually or can I just get like the package deal? Say, Father, I'm sorry that I've sinned. And he said, well, I don't know. You tell me. You committed them one at a time. Why shouldn't you have to confess them one at a time? And, and the, the church, the body of Christ goes, go, what? That means that you have to keep a radar detector covering yourself to know when you do sin, because it's not hard to know when you sin. If you read the Bible, you'll know it. You know when you sin, and if, and if you keep wanting not to sin, you'll know when you sin, and then you can confess your sin. He'll be faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's John chapter 1. 
Amen? I got long faces looking at me today. And that doesn't make me happy. I thought this was a very nice little message. I thought, I figured you thought you guys knew this stuff. Is that healthy? Okay. Jesus came. Jesus Christ came. All the churches, all the steeples that exist on the whole planet. Everybody who calls himself a Christian is, is, is actually just validating that Jesus Christ came to save us from our sins. That's the only thing. That's the only thing he's good for. You know? It's just Listen, you've got to understand when Jesus wants to forgive us of our sins, we have to know Jesus. You have to know why he said what he said. What he said when he got real mad. What he said when he did stuff that doesn't seem very loving. But yet we know that God is love. Now, when, when, when Jesus came to forgive us of our sins, the first thing he came to do is, is get you to forgive the people who have sinned against you. Get you to forgive the people that you love, the people that you love a little, the people that you like a little. All right. Luke, before I get myself in too deep here, Luke 2, 6 and 7. It says, this is the birth story of Jesus' birth. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths, swaddling clothes, swaddled, swaddled him. They wrap him up real tight. And placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. You know, it's probably one of the richest scriptures in the Bible. I could probably pe- preach this. I could preach this scripture for a year. Because number one, is there room in your house for Jesus? Is there room in your house for Jesus? Or does, would Jesus feel embarrassed if he lived in your house? Would it be, a, would it be an unclean environment for Jesus to, to come and stay in? Right? Um, I, I think that's really important. And I think it's really interesting that Jesus was placed in a manger, which is a, a feeding, feeding trough for animals, um, because he's, a, a, he's the second man Adam. He's a new Adam. It's like he's among the animals. You know, it, it's like Adam, when Adam was created, he was created after the animals were created, you know, so there was nobody around except for the animals. And I think there's a cool correlation that Jesus was put in a feeding trough of animals because he really represents the second Adam. He represents our salvation. Amen? Luke 2.11 says, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. So the... the, uh, the um, correlation between King David as a prophetic image of Jesus runs very deep, right? Even, even to Jesus' birth being 
born in the city of David. The place where David was also born and raised was Bethlehem. And David's job was, he became a shepherd for his father, watched his father's sheep. And therefore, it's also kind of a neat correlation that the angels showed up to the shepherds, proclaiming Jesus' coming. Amen? Um, if, I could, if I can give you stuff that you can just work on during this Christmas season, it'll make it much happier time this time of year. John 1.14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The word is the proclamation of God. It's what God would say. It's God's the content of his mind, of his heart. That's the word. That's logos. That's the ever-established word of God. That's not rhema. That's the logos. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the only the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. When you, you read the, uh, the four Gospels in particular, you cannot imagine how highly they think of Jesus. You cannot imagine how highly they think of Jesus Christ. And sometimes we're like, You know, what, why are you making such a big deal out of this? You know, but the, the truth is, like John says, right at the end of the book of John, John says, I suppose that if we tried to write a book with everything that Jesus did in his life, the whole world couldn't contain it. Right? I mean, Jesus just didn't walk on water, you know, raise a few people, feed a few thousand people, you know, cast out a couple of demons, do all these kind of things that we know, we think we know all about Jesus. We don't know all about Jesus. John said if everything we knew about, if everything Jesus did was written down in a book, the whole world couldn't contain it all. That means the, 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 the small stuff Sometimes it's like the Dr. Seuss-level stuff is deeper than the deepest sea. And if you'll spend some time reading it and loving Jesus and saying, I know you're in there, Jesus. I know. I know the, the mysteries of the kingdom of God are in here. I know they are. Show me, Lord. Show me, Lord. Ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. Right? You know, we, we, te we tend to keep Jesus in a box. Yeah. And I think the word is our, the, our guardrails, right? The Bible is our guardrails. We don't believe stuff that, that contradicts this Bible ever, 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 ever. Right. But it gives us a whole lot of material in there that we can safely blow our minds over and over again just staying within the guardrails. That's cool. 
All right. Isaiah 11.1. 1. It says, it prophesies again, 700 and something years before Jesus, a shoot will come out from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. Now, Jesse, we know, is in Jesus' lineage. Jesse, the father of David, right, is in Jesus' lineage. So the stump, it's funny it talks of a stump because it talks about really the, the, uh, the failure of Judaism, which was God's original law, to really fulfill and create the heart of God in human beings. So there's just a stump left, but out of that stump is going to grow this new thing, 700 years before Jesus. Luke 2.14, uh, the angels said, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And I think that's really important. I think God's favor will rest on you if you ask him to have his favor please rest on you. You say, what if God's rest, God's re doesn't rest on me? But yeah, but you got to stop. You know, you are what you think you are. You know, if you spend every day of your life watching the same TV programs, your, your humor is going to be formed. Your, the characters they have in that program is going to be formed. You're going to think a lot about whatever that is whether it's cool cars or whether it's fashion and, you know, or, or, or it's making a lot of money or it's the, the fear of COVID, the fear of the things of the world, any of those things. If those are the things that you spend most of your time thinking about, that's who you are. If you spend most of your time thinking about the things of God, you become more like a child of God. And then when your mouth airs or your mind goes off, you, the Holy Spirit is right there to remind you. Listen, when we walk in sin, we don't want to pray to God. We want to be like Adam and go behind, the, go into the woods and create our fig leaf religion thinking we're covering our sins. We look like a good, good Christian, but inside we know we really don't want to be in the presence of God because we really haven't been doing this Christian thing very well. Well, you do the Christian thing very well through your own heart and your own relationship with Jesus. He, he, he's the guy you got to tell. Those angels said, Glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When God's favor rests on you, you live your life in peace. When God's favor rests on you, you live your life in peace. You're not falling apart because we got some new president or we got another president or we're not, we don't have presidents anymore. Maybe we're going to have kings soon. Who knows? I don't know. What happens if we have kings? Does Jesus go away? 
You know, what, does Jesus go away? No! As a matter of fact, he says, my grace is sufficient for you. And he also says, where sin abounds, my grace more, or what? Much more abounds, much more abounds. So there's more of God's grace. The worst things get in the world, the grace of God is closer and closer to you. The power of God is closer and closer to you. The desire to walk in Jesus is closer and closer to you. Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the greatness of his government and his peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Upholding it with justice and righteousness. 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 We say mercy and compassion. Mercy and compassion. Mercy and compassion. And then people grind up each other, gossip about each other, say horrible things about it. And all we want is Jesus. Mercy and compassion. He says, no, Jesus is going to reign with justice and righteousness. Justice is the blind lady holding scales. Justice is a balance, is a justice. And sometimes it looks like it's pretty harsh. Looks like Jesus chasing money changers out of the temple, right? And it says the zeal, I'll finish with this, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. What is zeal? What is zeal? Do you know what zeal is? Have you ever thought about the word zeal? Zeal means I'm so passionate about this. God's passion has done all of these things. You think the church is ever going to die? The church is going to reign forever with the Father. The Father is zealous for people who will live in this, in this way that Jesus has come and he's modeled for us. And he's zealous and he wants to laugh and he wants to see, see people jumping because they're zealous just to try to get them, to win them to Jesus. You know, you know Jesus, you know enough to win somebody to the Lord. Yes. See, so you should know Jesus. Why? Because he'll save you from your sins. That should be good enough. Right. Well, I'm not a sinner. Yes, you are. We all are. Amen? All right. So let's pray. Christmas is coming. A lot of fun ahead. A lot of fun ahead. Hey there, this is Jake Johnson, and I want to thank you today for listening to our podcast, On Fire Radio. 
We pray that this word has ministered to you today. And maybe today God has shown you your need for him in your life. John chapter 8. And in verses 31 and 32, Jesus said, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Jesus makes us free from our sin. If you need to make Jesus first in your life today and be set free, would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I recognize that I'm a sinner. I repent for my sins today and ask that you would cleanse me with your blood. I place you first in my life and ask that you would give me the power of the Holy Spirit. I walk forward this day in a new relationship with you, God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I want to encourage you to start reading your Bible. You can even download the YouVersion Bible app on your mobile device and start a plan for new believers. Start a prayer life as well and start carving out time in your day to spend time with God. And I want to personally invite you to Catskill Mountain Christian Center. We have service every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. at 629 Main Street in Margaretville, New York. Powerful worship, dynamic teaching, and an encouraging time of fellowship. On Fire Radio is a ministry of Catskill Mountain Christian Center and is brought to you free online and on the radio each week because of generous donations from listeners like you. You can partner with us in serving God's vision for this area by donating online at our website, www.cmcconline.org. From there, you can also connect with us on all our social media platforms, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Send us a message and let us know how this ministry is impacting your life. On behalf of Pastor Bob Englehart, this is Jake Johnson signing off. God bless, and we'll see you in church.